Welcome to Tim Stodds FM, a place to share new ideas, speak freely, and continuously find ways to live our best lives. And now your host, Tim Stoddart. Hey, what's up, everyone? Tim Stoddart with Tim Stodds FM. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, I had my friend John Ferreira on again. I'm getting better at this podcasting thing, at least I think. For all I know, we're completely rambling and uh, not making a whole lot of sense, but we had a really good time recording this episode. We got a little bit into politics, a little bit into the state of the world, if <laughs> you can believe we tackled such an, a huge topic. Uh, and then we talked about John and some of his adventures that he's about to go on. Um, I'll let him tell you because it is pretty exciting for me as a friend of John. And uh, we had a really good time, man. I, I, I felt really good about this episode and I enjoyed the conversation. So enjoy. So I thought of a cool topic for us to at least start the conversation. Okay. For those that are listening, you have to understand that John and I have known each other for a while. A little bit. And uh, in the last podcast we did, which a lot of people really loved, by the way, I wasn't bullshitting you when I said that tons of people downloaded that episode and I thought that was cool. Um, But since I've known John, he has basically talked about his dream to buy a bus and to essentially just travel the country like a gypsy and go wherever his heart desires, (laughs) wherever the wind blows him. And John didn't buy a bus, but he bought the closest possible thing he could, which is a Ford F three fifty F three fifty Super Duty diesel. Yeah, with the dualies in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, God, it's almost like it's been years of you talking about doing this, and you're actually doing it. And when you were showing me your truck today, I was walking back into the office, just thinking to myself, like, geez. Like he's going and I got like kind of <laughs> fucking sad. <laughs> I did. I got a little sad, but honestly, man, I, like tell me because from somebody from an outside perspective, you would think, Oh yeah, that sounds pretty cool. But I know to you, this has been like a big dream of yours for a long time. Absolutely. Um, tell me what it's like. I'll start a, a little bit ago. I've been obviously, like you said, wanting to do this for a very long time, yeah. you know, just having, that unrestricted freedom where you're able to go and do what you want, I think is a lot of people's dreams, mm-hmm. but life got in the way and prevented me from going. You know, Cat, mm-hmm. my wife, wanted to finish college and get a degree, which is a very smart Lame. and understandable move. Yeah. Because for me, it was always just, I'll just sell everything and go and then rebuild because that seemed very appealing. You know, wash it all away and see what you learn and what you can build after that. So, Kat and I went through, she she graduated college and then she needed to get a job where she had experience because she's pursuing her dream of being a nurse while Mm -hmm. my dream, I really didn't know what it was, Yeah, you know, so that was not only like an escape from reality for me, the the thought of doing that, but also being able to like experience the world seemed really cool or experiencing the country on my own terms. And now we've decided and agreed that doing travel nursing since... Because Kat's a nurse, for those who are listening. Right. I, yeah. I mentioned that, but you weren't. It's, it's okay. Um, so she's a nurse. So you move every 13 weeks throughout the United States. And they tell give you a list of 15, 20 cities or towns or whatever that are in need of the nurse 
uh, a nurse. She's a NICU nurse, so that needs a NICU nurse. Mm-hmm. And then you move there and live there for 13 weeks, and then you find another assignment and move there. So I'll be able to continue writing to support my end of everything financially, and mm-hmm. she's able to pursue her dream of being a nurse and becoming a great nurse. She loves what she does, but we're also able to see the country before we have kids. And I bought this absurd truck, which I don't really want. It's so you know, absurd. it's so absurd. Yeah. I like a, a, a nice sedan. <laughs> you know, I fit right You're in. A I can pull it apart. Minivans, right? Minivans are cool. <laughs> Something that's easy to park, roomy, comfortable for everybody else. Gotcha. This is not easy to park, but we're going to be towing a fifth wheel. That way we could just put it down. It's the cheapest option as far as trailers or RVs go mm-hmm. where we get the comfort that she wants and the freedom that I crave. <laughs> so I'm super excited. And it's really weird to see everything happening because it's been so long. It seems like about right, it. it seems so fake. Or it didn't seem fake. It seems so real to me for so long that it was going to happen. And everybody else yeah. was like, okay, okay sure. <laughs> yeah, go to Montana and hike in the wilderness. Cool. So this is going to be very different than – not not very different. It's going to be different than what I've pictured, but it's a perfect compromise where I can be mm-hmm. with the woman that I love doing something that I've dreamed of doing, and now she's super excited about too. But I'm I'm seeing this as an opportunity because there's many like – conversations of that you and i have had over the the years i'm almost seeing this as a chance to kind of interview you because for all like the the rants that you've gone on about about your freedom and about going on this i never actually asked why like why has it been so appealing to you to just hit the road i've always had a wanderlust Okay. I don't know if it was because from like, when I was a kid, I grew up in a small neighborhood in the middle of the woods. Yeah. So we had so much to explore then. And at that point, when you're seven, eight, nine years old, the world's way bigger, way bigger feeling. You know, your neighborhood Definitely. and these woods that you're unfamiliar with as you begin to mm-hmm. do those things. And then it grew as I got older and, you know, life got in the way for some stuff. And I, I missed a lot of opportunities. But there's a lot of country. There's a lot of people. I want to share experiences with people that I don't know yeah and i don't know there's just a lot to do besides the normal stuff and going on a vacation to like bermuda or something like that just doesn't seem appealing you're gonna go and you have your day plans or if you go on a cruise you're like oh yeah get off the cruise and you're gonna go to this tourist area and i don't want that i want to experience places for like what they are and the travel nursing thing is really cool because you'll actually get the entire feel for Definitely. where that place is. Because you have time to like soak in the culture. Right. But before that, the wanderlust and like that just wants to escape. I just, why not? We're the first, we're one of the first generations that to are To be able to do ever, that. Yeah, to do this. Yeah. And now with the internet and shit, it's not like I have to go and get a farm job somewhere because mm-hmm. that wouldn't work out for me. I could like move hay, but like if they needed me to fix something, like, that's not happening. But it, I'm able to work, make money, allow my wife to pursue her dreams while I pursue my dreams. And it's just an insane opportunity. And I don't understand why more people don't want to do it or don't do it. I, I get that. I I think from my perspective, because there has to be something else to it. Because you can say, this is my dream to travel. But I feel like that's only going to go so long, right? Like you can't travel the world forever. So what's like the... I don't want to say career, but, mm-hmm. you know, because last time we talked, we, you talked about photography and you talked about um, being a concert photographer. While you do this travel stuff, 
do you anticipate being able to find something that you're passionate about to make a living from, or is that even part of your plan? Are you honestly just sort of like, I'm going to figure it out when I get there? I'm kind of freestyling it. Um, Obviously, I plan on bringing my camera with me. Yeah, well, I hope so, because I want to see them. Yeah, because that's something that I would absolutely love to do as of now. You know, my career paths have changed like Mm -hmm. 35 times. Throughout. I think you're on a I think I'm on a on a road that makes sense. Yeah, me too. And there's some thing it's every 29 years Saturn and this is some hippie ass bullshit. Sounds like it. Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting there. I could even but see the look on your face it, yeah. like I can't believe I'm about to say this. I know. <laughs> but it made sense when I heard it because up until, you know, the past year, yeah. you know, my life felt so um directionless. Is that if that's a word yeah, like that meandering? That it, yeah, like I was just going with it and hoping something would happen. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people do that. And sometimes it falls into place. Sometimes it doesn't. You end up with nine kids and you kill yourself. But <laughs> every twenty nine years, Saturn <laughs> is supposed to come back to where it was when you were born. So every okay. twenty nine years makes its full thing. And it but what does Saturn back. have to do with it? I don't know. The f- it's fucking insane. It's got a ring around it. It doesn't make any sense. It's, in the yeah, middle it's, of, it's a it's planet. The, yeah, it's a planet in the <laughs> middle of space. But for some reason, people say that when that happens, your things are supposed to start making sense in your life and falling into place. I don't know okay. if it's just because, oh, you're 29. And that could be total bullshit. I didn't even look it up. I heard it. I was like, cool. I'll run with that. Oh, that works. Yeah, because I'm turning 29 in like two months. So I'm really excited for you. And I'm almost piggybacking off the last conversation because it does it does feel that way. I mean, you know, there's things that I can't necessarily talk about on a public domain yet, but um, there's changes coming in my life and my career, and there's some big changes coming with you. And I know talking to Brian, um, he's had some changes coming his way, and it's strange how it's all sort of coming to this one spot where it feels like it's all about to turn into something new again at the same same fucking time right yeah Yeah. everything's happening for all of us Mm -hmm. and for you guys listen like there's we have a close group of friends we've all been a close group of friends for six years whatever whatever it's been um some of us a little longer than that but all of our lives have kind of come to this point right now and over this next year where everybody's kind of not dreams are being fulfilled, but like it's like showing, like, oh my God, like this is a possibility in your mm-hmm. life. Whatever it is. It's strange. It's cool though. It is cool. And it also feels like this is obviously about you and I, but I've been relating a lot because I've been writing a whole lot more, which I know that you know is like a big passion and a dream of mine. Um, but as I've been diving really deep into it and writing every day, it, it, seems like what we're doing is something that a lot of people talk about doing but it's difficult because there comes to that moment where there's like a jumping off point and you can you can almost work work yourself up so much was like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this and like convince yourself that you're going to but there's always a moment where like you either buy the ticket or even not buy the ticket like get on the fucking plane or you don't. And I, right. I, I think that it's cool because when I look at my life and I look at your life um, and like I, I look at the reasons why I admire you guys so much is because you've we, we've had that thing where you just go, I'm not exactly sure how this is going to work out, but I'm going to give it a try. And I, I respect a lot that 
you're doing this, man, because you've talked about it for so long. And dude, <laughs> just to see that fucking truck freaked me out, honestly. When I walked yeah. down, I saw that truck and I saw all the text messages that you've sent in the group text of just random like hippie school buses with the seats ripped out of it with you going yeah. like, man, I really want to buy this thing. <laughs> like, yeah, whatever, John. We like, still sell so awesome. Like, <laughs> go still, buy your fucking yeah. school bus. As um, Kat and I were buying it, we like passed a Dodge van from like 97. I was like, we could still get we this. We could still get that We could one. still do this. And she's like, no. I was no, like, okay, we need no, a real no, car. Yeah, okay, that's okay. Well, it'll be good. It'll be good. That's too funny. So, I'm happy for you. Thank you. Um, what do you think about Facebook officially getting breached? Did you see the news about that? Because we were talking about social media last time too, yeah. and they they there's actually been a statement that uh, Facebook's data got breached and it was weaponized. Well, I don't know what they're gonna use against me. Right? I know. I don't know. What I put on Facebook is like memes, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I make fun of people in. Everything for sale, Delray Beach, Boca. <laughs> God, that doesn't bother you? No, it's you put your shit out there, it, probably something's going to happen. I think everybody knew going in that it, you, I agree you with didn't that. have any privacy, that it was being used, but we just get hooked to it, and that's it. I do agree with that. I agree with the... I, I agree is not the right word. What I'm saying is that understand yeah like i love how people talk about privacy but they go into facebook every single day and they tag they check into places Makes sense. you yeah. know it's like you can say something but your actions clearly say like what you're actually more comfortable with you listen to um shit town the podcast right oh yeah when we were at rebel house you and cat were telling me about it yeah yeah there was a part in there that it was about the dude in texas right it was in alabama alabama yeah yeah and he was a really, really interesting character, but there was a part in there because he was like a genius and uh, he made clocks mm-hmm. and he made like a yeah, cornfield maze. And he had mentioned that what it was that made him so angry wasn't necessarily like the state of things in the world. It was that everybody else wasn't infuriated. Mm-hmm. People were like, we're cool with just seeing all this corruption and all this like ugliness and all this quote evil, you know, like whatever that means yeah. going on. And like, Nobody even batted an eye to it. I heard that and I totally related because I see stuff like that and it just makes me so angry. And it makes me so angry that in this country there's like what? At this point, 330 million of us and like nobody is even going to take a stand. They're all just going to go on Instagram the next day and scroll through it like, like... Yeah, maybe post something on Facebook about how they're upset about Facebook. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's the craziest shit about it. Yeah. Well, we're complacent. You know, and we see things that don't happen successfully. You know, we've had all these school shootings and you have the kids that go out and speak up against it. And then there's people that talk down about them. And then you had the uh, housing crisis Mm -hmm. that happened and you had to occupy Occupy Wall Street and it's achieved nothing. I don't know if it's a fear of failure or if it's a comfort thing or if it's like me where I'm just like, whatever. Like, I know I can't do anything by myself. There needs to be a leader that comes out and, like, mm-hmm. can get people together. Because without people like Martin Luther King, like, would the civil rights marches and, and movement had the impact that it did? If you had somebody out there, or, or like, the, that's why the Occupy Wall Street, in my opinion, didn't succeed. There was tons of people 
you know, and with obviously, no leader. Just, right. In, in any movement, there's a lot of people that are uneducated on the subject. Yeah. That's what the news focused on was the people that are like, oh, I don't know what's going on. I just hate the government. <laughs> but if there was like a few people out there that were that like, really no, this good. is what's happening. This is what we need to do. Yeah. Rally behind me. You know, something could have changed. And, you know, my stance on our government right now and like Trump and everything like that. It's the opposite. I feel like what we needed as a country, we needed somebody that was for the people, by the people that had a voice that cared about the middle class. I think you're right. I think you're right in two things. One, I was just having this conversation with Juliana when we were um, heading to Miami the other day to see Joe Rogan. He was hysterical, by the way. Oh, yeah, that was the other day. Yeah, he was great. Um, But I was just saying how disenfranchised I feel. You know, like my whole life, everybody keeps saying like, vote, your voice matters when like we know it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And like it sucks to say that out loud. But what what can I actually do? Because even if somehow I were to do something, there's so many ways like we were just talking about to cloud a message. And there's so many ways to just shoot holes and stuff so that like things lose their force, you know. Right. And I do agree with the fact that. I mean, you're never going to believe this, but I heard Bill O'Reilly say this once. And um, did you ever watch the battle, the rumble in the well-conditioned auditorium? <laughs> it was the public debate with Jon Stewart and Bill O'Reilly. No, <laughs> it was so Jon Stewart's good. a genius. Yeah, it was so good. Um, but anyway, after they had a little debate, they had kind of a sit-down, like, fireside chat type thing. and um, Like a civil just talk? Yeah, like just talk. And... I got a little bit different of a perspective on Bill O'Reilly in that since then he's done a ton of things that, you know, I slapped myself in the face over But he did say some things where it made me go like, oh, like he's a, a lot like me in a lot of ways. He's just a lot different than me in a lot of ways. And one of the things that he said was that we need a leader like that right now, like a Martin Luther King or an Abe Lincoln or somebody that can just cut through somehow, like who even knows how, who can just cut through all that noise and just pull people together from all different sides and just put everybody in the same direction. Like people need a leader. It's just, there's so much, it's so biased on every end people. And I can get like this too, where you just, Mm -hmm. any view that somebody has, if you know, they've shared opposite views from you, or if that view doesn't directly correlate with your objective or whatever it is, you're just going to instantly disagree. Yeah going back to like the gun control and everything seeing somebody say if if i see somebody use the term libtards i just instantly assume you have no education you have I don't even no, know what you, that means it's um making fun of liberals they're liberal A libtard re- libtard you're a retarded <laughs> liberal i kind of like that yeah no it, i i don't it's just like ass hat like if i hear somebody use ass hat i'm like i'm not listening to anything yeah. i just hate that but whatever um going back to that when there's solutions to problems that may not you may not view as right but something has to be done to better it in some way yeah. doing nothing and just continuously arguing about it and is not gonna do, every nothing's going to change if we just let stuff stay exactly the same when you say that are you talking specifically about guns i'm talking, talking about, about everything? E- yeah everything because that's what it seems like everything is we were i feel like the internet and the internet makes changes you yeah. know we have that 
worldwide voice, but instead will get so angry about a gorilla being shot at a zoo, <laughs> and the and when that dude killed Cecil the lion. There yeah. was more outrage throughout the internet than like anything else. And then everything else you go into it and it's just people arguing with each other. It's not like, hey, maybe we'll share ideas and come to a solution. And I feel like that's what the whole world is is slowly becoming. Let's just argue until nothing happens and then we die. I'm I'm pausing because it's just really difficult to see a way around that because there's like that hive mentality right Mm -hmm. yeah you get in this like anonymous band of people and you're shielded by the anonymity of like a computer screen and then you can just say and do whatever you want want. yeah and like it's difficult because people have to put their egos aside right and in order to actually do something like you have to get along with people that you don't necessarily agree with and there hasn't really been um i don't want to say difficulty but we've been able to fucking do that Mm -hmm. in the past and it's only the last 10 years where there's this like line in the middle and i'm on this side regardless of what side like even the fact that we say side is weird right Mm -hmm. there's a line in the middle i'm on this side you're on that side and if you're on the other side you're just a fucking idiot and like right no matter what side you're on no matter what side yeah the other side's an idiot and it's just dangerous and stressful because i don't think i'm alone when i look at everything and i go like huh what can you do right you know, like, is that's just the world that we live in now. But eventually, like, it has to come to a boiling point. And what does that look like? When the middle class is no longer comfortable because we control the country for the most part. You know, where the backbone of the country is, is the middle and lower classes when we don't have food, shelter, and clean water. That's, like, the basic need. That's it, right? Right. So when... But even, I mean, people were getting kicked out of houses left and right during the housing crisis and, like... Something tried to happen, but nothing happened, and people were outraged. But it, God, isn't that so crazy? Though I'm, I'm trying to think of an of an analogy where, um, what are you trying to think? I'm so good at analogies. It's almost well the the ones that's coming to <laughs> mind, and I'm thinking like the reason why I pause is like I'm not quite sure if this makes any sense. Well, yeah, let's go with it. But um, if you look at riots and you look at like huge huge quantities of people Mm -hmm. and how easily they can be controlled by like a few set of people that are well organized with like the right equipment like i always think about that sometimes when riot police come in Mm -hmm. with not huge ones with like the tanks and shit like that but when there's like a couple people with shields and and you look at the numbers and you're like this still doesn't really add up like you got some batons and a shield but this huge swarm of people should still be able to Right. Well, I I feel like a lot of the people in the huge swarm of people don't want to get hit with nightsticks and tear gas. That probably. Okay, exactly. But so if you use that analogy, Mm -hmm. like how long if you equate getting kicked out of your house to getting hit with a nightstick or tear gas, like how How long long before you snap? Yeah. Everybody snaps or everybody snaps because there's 300, like I said, 330 million people. I got to think what 60 percent of them are somewhere in between like. Mm -hmm. Thirty thousand and eighty thousand dollars a year, right? Yeah. Probably more like seventy percent of the country, and like those are the ones where, by sheer numbers, should quote unquote control things. Right. I mean, just imagine if a quarter of the middle class, middle and lower classes, one day just said, "We're not buying anything." Anything. Yeah. Not one. Especially from Amazon. 
Yeah. Just <laughs> just nothing. You know, no gas, no cigarettes, no food. We're not going to work. We're not going to drive. We're done for one day. It for would, one day. One day. I feel like it would cause such insanity. The system would shut down. Yeah. Everything would just... Blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> Wait, can you do that again? No, I can't. That's a one-time thing. <laughs> That's a one-time thing. Yeah, I do. Listen, if there was some dude out there or some lady that spoke what I thought and, you know, there's been some political figures that I viewed and I was like, holy shit, like, yes, mm-hmm. this this makes sense to me completely. You know, let's see what else you think. I don't agree with everything you're saying. Yeah. But a lot of it makes a lot of sense, you know, and then that's it. Then, you know, the they had the backing, but other things happen and stuff falls through. And See, now we have Donald Trump as president. Guys like you confuse me though, John, because you're way more like politically engaged than I am. And I like having these conversations because we're similar in our mindset, but like we can disagree on some things and have open mm-hmm. dialogue about it. And like, I think that's healthy. Right. But, but someone like you who is more armed with the facts and is more informed a guy like you still chooses to just be like, uh, not really like what I'm into right now. Because especially because like politics, I look at that and I go like, why the fuck would anybody want that job? Right. Well, Brian Reagan has a great skit. He's like, Who's why that? would a uh, stand-up comedian? He's like, why okay. would anyone want to be president? You just wake up and some guys like problems. <laughs> there pro- there's problems everywhere. <laughs> it's true, man. Yeah. Why would anyone want to be a politician? Power. Some people get in for the right reasons. Some people get in for the right reasons and change. You know, some people get in for the wrong reasons. And God, when's the last agenda. time that's happened, though? We're like, well, a lot of people say Obama did a lot of change. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I liked Cory Booker up in Newark in, in Jersey. He seemed like a genuinely good dude. He that helped got Jersey in, City a lot. Yeah, got in for the right reasons. He did like some superhero shit. I don't know if it was just PR stuff, but he yeah. like went into a burning house and saved a child. That really happened? That really happened. Wait, was he a mayor of Newark? Yeah, I believe so. Oh, I don't know what I'm thinking about with Jersey City. I remember my dad telling me something because they have like a big drug problem there. Yeah. Cory Booker. Um, But yeah, I can't think of anybody that like I've looked at and gone like, wow, that person really did a fucking stand up job. I mean, I made some change. You say that like I have a very political. I don't follow that much about politics because it makes me sick. And I also feel like I'm not going to make a difference, so I really don't care, and I feel like that's what a lot of people in my generation think. I know. How do we change that, though, man? Because here's the scary part. It's not going to be long until we're fucking running things. Mm -hmm. I mean, (laughs) like, dude, it's I'm going to run my trailer across the United States. That's that's all I'm running. Man, like, what happens when we live in America and we're an entire generation of people running their trailer across the United States, you know? Right. Because millennials just, and technically we're millennials, we're way disenfranchised, we're way more like independent mm-hmm. and minimalist and not necessarily um, into being a cog in a machine, right? right? And our economy and our politics are built on like, I'm above you, you listen to what I do, I'm above you, you listen to what I do, and like building that reverse pyramid, you know? What do you think it's going to look like? 
I have no idea. <laughs> it's dude. It's it's absolutely terrifying. Ugh, the yeah, fu- the future the future is a hundred percent terrifying. The iPhones See, the iPhones ten though, years man. old. That's it. Yeah, but I, I don't I don't believe it. I don't believe it has to be terrifying. No, it's it's terrifying. I don't know. I feel like so much more optimistic than that. The the thing that terrifies me, here's the only thing that ter- well, there's a couple of them. One is like some crazy natural disaster. I have fucking nightmares about the super volcano and I don't know why that's such a phobia for Did me. Did you see the Malaysian Airlines voicemail thing? No. I- that was pretty weird. It's probably absolute bullshit, but okay, so Malaysian Airlines crashed what? 4 years ago? Three years ago, and they never found that plane, whatever the flight number was. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm not super educated on this. I read it on Facebook at like 6 o'clock in the morning. Okay. Um, so this kid posted on Twitter, I just got this voicemail on my phone from an unknown number, and it was like military code, like alpha, beta, gamma, stuff like that. And it spelled out like SOS, um, seek help immediately. They're not human, SOS. And... People were like, oh, well, maybe it's from Malaysian Airlines uh, because it was like a black box code or something like that. And maybe mm. it's from uh, Malaysian Airlines, the black box. And it got into all types of different stuff from that aliens crashed Malaysian Airlines or Malaysian Airlines went into a different dimension and something happened <laughs> where they got stuck in between this dimension and our dimension and got in a fight with that species and then the solar flares that are happening took the radio signals from the black box that's in their dimension and pushed it back into ours and Stephen Hawking just released his thing about parallel universes like right after he died it got released okay and just I don't know like weird shit like that I don't know what how that tied into what we were talking about but it was just <laughs> you kind of had yeah, me up it was just like a terrifying it's just I don't know you kind of had me until solar flares cuz they happen all the time. Yeah, this was like supposed to be a big solar flare. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Well, Anything about aliens and then the Earth and stuff like that is. It's not aliens. Cut this out of the me. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you cut the past few sentences out because I went off on a tangent about something I read three days ago. I know, but I was super interested to hear about it. No, it's cool. Yeah, I mean, why I... do I keep fucking my mic up? Is that you're hitting something? I maybe leave me alone. No, I don't know what you're doing. Anyway, um. But yes, the future terrifying. Oh, that's what I was getting into. Um, technology, destroying the world, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, but it's it's like a catch-22, right? Because you look at technology. One, the violent crime per capita, I'm pretty sure. Is down. Is down like the lowest it's ever been in like the history of the fucking earth. History right? of time. <laughs> yeah, history of, time. of recorded time, yeah. People live longer than they've ever lived. Too long. Too long, probably, Way right? Too long. Um like apocalyptic diseases are virtually wiped out. You know, I mean, I guess what we have now HIV still, which is like almost cured at this point. Right. I and mean cancer like, is a pretty like fucking you big have to deal. like try to get HIV. Yeah. So I you're mean, not just like walking, you're like, ah <laughs> <laughs> But but cancer is obviously a big deal um still like the shit they're finding out with that is crazy so i i really think the thing that scares me and i feel confident because we're probably going to be dead by the time it hits an apex but there's just going to be too many people there's definitely already too many people but there's still enough there's still technically enough like it's not diversified enough but there's still the earth can still quote unquote feed everybody Mm -hmm. and can still get enough water for everybody 
but it it can't be that much longer. I think they said it was like twenty billion is when there's just no possible way that the earth can sustain twenty billion people. Kat was telling me about a podcast that she listened to and in Cape Town, South Africa, they're yeah, like day zero or something like that. Their rain levels have dropped twenty percent continuously over the past like four or five years, where they're down to it was either eleven or nine inches of rain in total last year. Now they saw this happening, they're like, Oh, well we should we should prepare for this. So it's a beach town. They started building building a D I can never say the word right. Saline, saltine, not saltine, that's a cracker. Um where they desal desalt the fucking ocean. Okay. And it pulls it in and it desalts it and then people have drinking water and water to do It's really hard to do, I think though, right? Right. Well they've put whatever, millions upon millions of dollars into this and then all of a sudden this thing's speeding up and now they're at the point where they have like no water. They have like water shut off rules for an entire Crazy. country. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that would really suck. Johannesburg's a I mean, it's gotta be top fifty most populated cities in the world, right? A whole city with just yeah. no drinking. Limited water. limited water. And that will cause something to, to break. That's yeah, that's walking dead shit. Right. You know, like because... the stuff that happened in Venezuela where you just get so fed up where then it's just absolute chaos and yeah. millions of people are on the streets and i haven't looked into it enough now like has anything changed uh no i don't think so but <laughs> but there's not there's not too much i mean there's stuff you can do about it obviously but you can't make it rain is like what i'm right. trying to say like well they yeah they, as hard they, as they, they have all these plants that are in production and all of their money was put into these, so they have nothing to put towards anything else. Mm. And they asked for like foreign aid, and pretty much the UN was like, oh. "God, isn't that crazy too?" How I I think about shit like that when I'm having a bad day, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And it's like when you put it into perspective, and this isn't like an exaggeration. I am like point oh 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 one one of the most percent luckiest fucking people to ever, ever be alive alive, ever. ever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, man, like, this is a really shitty day. You know, I fucking yeah, shut up. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I, I think it's important to keep that kind of perspective because even just alive right now, I mean, how many people out there just have hard lives? Yeah. Even people in the country, granted, but even people in the country, like... In our okay, country? Or yeah, in, in our country. Yeah, people have it really bad. So I, I read a crazy thing. I'm really into, like, um, Industrial Revolution tycoons, right? And and Vanderbilt at the time mm-hmm. um, <laughs> was the richest man on the planet. And back then, I think it was the 1890s, where the his shipping system was, like, really, really running shit. I don't know if he was the richest man on the planet. It's definitely the richest man in the country. Um, but they didn't have Carnegie and, um, Rockefeller, Rockefeller. Yeah. They basically standard oil. They ruled the world. Yeah. Yeah. They took after him, but Vanderbilt didn't have plumbing. He's the richest fucking guy in the entire, in, in, in everything. Mm -hmm. He's everyone's walking down the street. Like, Oh my gosh, that's Mr. Vanderbilt. And if I saw him walking down the street right now, I'd be like, ill. Yeah. (laughs) You got doo doo on your butt. (laughs) 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 Old doo doo butt. (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's just nuts how fast that shit changes huh Mm -hmm. and i'm sure we're gonna look back you know in 30 40 years and be like we were kind of gross 
Man, I don't know though because that kind of stuff worries me. Like this is this is really getting out here where we're starting to just like pick up after some random idea we had after the next conversation. But how much more like clean can you possibly get? Because you could get a, a lot cleaner. Yeah, but as far as like taking care of the planet and stuff. Oh goes. well, yeah. Things like that, we're gonna look back and be like, holy shit! Just in like the fifties and stuff, like people like littered and smoked everywhere and did whatever because you just didn't. You're just like whatever. I don't know. We just didn't I'm get it. Blow smoke on my baby's face after I'm done throwing his diaper in this pond. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was crazy, and we're gonna look at. I know we we know the damage that we're doing, but. And it's fine that we're jumping topic to topic. I'm having a good time. Yeah, but what I was talking about <laughs> is when uh, you see Vanderbilt, right, walking down the street and how dirty he is. Mm-hmm. But now, oh, God, I'm fucking up because I can't remember that shit that you put on your hands. That basically, hand sanitizer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That stuff is so stupid. Why? Why? Because you're killing all the bacteria on your skin. Like, I mean, it's pretty important for some stuff. No, it's important for nothing. All you're doing is crushing your immune system. What about doctors and nurses? Cat has to sanitize her hands all day. But since when? Okay, they used to, they used to do surgeries without yeah, like washing their hands. That was I one of the that. biggest advancements in modern medicine. They're like washing your yeah, hands. like some dude, Joe, like came over. He's like, can you can you wash your hands before doing that? The guy was like, huh? Well, they said Fuck that it, had maybe. a lot to do with uh, the Civil War, right? Because most people in the Civil War died of infection, infection, for sure. But but what I'm trying to say is that there's nothing wrong with bacteria. Like, you're killing the good bacteria, too. No, but there's nothing that you can do in a hospital that you can't get from a latex glove. Yeah, but she touches, like, fucking... She had a a 15-ounce baby the other day that was born. Can't just be going touching that baby with your dirty chicken Caesar wrap hands. So you... (laughs) (laughs) But you just so happen to have, like... The perfect exception to that. I'm talking about kids. Like, you never used to just go swimming in mud when you were a kid. Oh, yeah. Kids suck. But it's not the kids. It's the moms. Yeah. Yeah. Because you create that child. Is that... No. But I don't mean create that child. All I'm saying is that my kid isn't getting doused in antibacterial hand sanitizer because it's not good for you. No. No, okay, well, I thought we were talking about something else, but we'll talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant, like, as an adult. I was like, no, yeah. Like, I, I use hand, I have hand sanitizer in my car. That is what I'm talking about. Why would you ever put that shit on your skin? Okay, because I, I'll go to Goodwill, and I'll flip through clothes and then, like, boxes of records. So? What do you mean, so? Come on, man. Hand sanitizer was invented, what, eight years ago? No, way more than that. No, I think it was, like, eight years ago. Man. Go ahead and pull yeah, it up, Jamie. <laughs> yeah. Jamie, pull that shit up. Pull that shit up. Oh, hold on. I got the screen open. We did this. I, no, I got it. Let's, let's race. Eh, you're going to be. When was hand sanitizer invented? I'm going to say. I'm saying 82. 88. 88. Okay. So. Eight years ago. So 20 years ago. Oh, wow. Is ago. that a coincidence? Hand sanitizer was invented and then the Berlin Wall fell? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> no, but listen, dude. If I'm flipping through that shit and like I'm about to eat, I don't want to put fucking fifty-five-year-old record dust into my mouth. You know, it gives a little hand sanity. It wets them. I rub it on my pants. Something but like that. I don't even think that's gonna fucking help. I don't think hand sanitizer is gonna take dust off your hands. All you're doing is killing the bacteria. That's that, fine. Like, I'll put the. Du- I don't want what comes with the dust. Some ancient fucking hippie <laughs> but, dust. But the that's dust, on a Pink Floyd the album. Dust I found. Still gonna be on your hands. All you gotta do is rinse it. 
Where am I rinsing? Under a sink. Where's the sink? <laughs> I don't have a sink in my car. <laughs> I get back in my car, and I'm like, oh, shit. Old dust hands. You know what I'm saying, man. You know the point that I'm trying to make. Like, aren't we living in where everybody's like, fearful of everything of everything yes <laughs> yeah. thank you for summing definitely. up so eloquently what i'm trying to say for like 10 minutes <laughs> definitely feel feel <laughs> fearful of everything i think i think hand sanitizer oh, is fucking stupid here's a pretty funny example of fearful of everything so i was at okeechobee fest and you know people will just take like ketamine at like 7 a.m. on mm. top of like a hit of acid and then chug some beer and eat some nuts or something and then like go dance all night. And people posted in a thread on one of the Okeechobee things saying, did anybody else get bothered by people smoking in the crowd, smoking cigarettes in the crowd? And it's like, you did Molly today. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that your concern? That's just, it's just crazy. And it's like, just the secondhand smoke is bothersome. Yeah, I know it's bad for you, but, like, most of what you did is bad for you. Yeah. You know? I, for one, am glad to see that cigarettes are being shunned from society, though. Yeah, me too. (laughs) They're fucking gross. They're not the best. I've been smoking (laughs) for 13 years. God, you know what's messed up, though? I'll still randomly, like, see someone smoking a cigarette and be like, oh, man, that looks good. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't had a cigarette in... Um, I mean, six and a half, seven years at this point, mm-hmm. but there is something about it. Maybe that it's like I told you last time, maybe that it's, I'm watching Mad Men again and like, cool as yeah, man. like they just yeah. look so much cooler. And especially because I remind myself when I see it, I'm like, oh man, that looks so cool. But then I think about how I felt from smoking and I was like, I didn't feel as cool as he looks. I felt really like, and you're not even close to as cool as Don Draper. No, no, <laughs> no. And I, f- <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I started smoking. Uh, I started smoking because why when not? We were, yeah, because we more were stoned. Kids. I think I was like, oh, I smoke this camel light <laughs> after I smoke a bog. Yeah, but I guess here's the other thing: if there were no such thing as vapes, do you think people would have not smoked? Is like vaping just the new like thing to do in high school when you hate your parents? Uh, 100%. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if there were no vapes, would twelve year olds still buy, smoke like, cigarettes? Yeah, like ask somebody going into the local bodega to like, hey man, buy me yeah, a grab me a pack me- of camel <laughs> unfiltered. <laughs> buy me a pack of Newports. <laughs> Not Newports. Oh, Children right. don't smoke Newports. Uh, that's always camels. Smoke. Camels and Marlboros. Oh, camels. I'm are- pretty sure almost everybody's first cigarette was a Marlboro Red. Yeah, mine probably was. Marlboro, mine was a Marlboro Red with Casey White in the woods. He stole from his parents, and we smoked wow. it, and it was terrible. That was a real profound moment for you, huh? <laughs> no, it was awful. <laughs> I but, think that uh, that if there weren't cigarettes, mm-hmm. or if there weren't vapes, kids would still be smoking cigarettes. Yeah. The vape industry really made a come up with that shit. Huge come up. Huge and come up. Listen, okay. So, Josh, my little got caught vaping and he's like the most well-behaved kid in the world and he did it at like 16 his mom lost his mind lost her in his mind her mind and he like came to me for like advice on it on the situation and number one that was very strange giving like parental advice <laughs> to somebody you should not trust what i say <laughs> i've done terrible things <laughs> and i was like listen i was like and I have to tie it into my life for it to make sense i'm like listen you're 16 or whatever it was 17 when it happened i was like you're going to do what you want to do. Is it good for you to pick up? He's like, oh, I do it without the nicotine. I was like, then just why? 
Yeah, just why? chew some gum. He's like, I like the way it tastes. And like, no, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. It's got nothing to do with the way it tastes. Because no. vape without nicotine doesn't even taste good. It's like a, it's like a social thing. Yeah. You know? So what do you think will happen? After vaping? After vaping, yeah. I mean, the <laughs> jewels are pretty big right now. That's vaping, though. Yeah, those things don't bother me that much, though. The thing that bothers me is like... Sacks. Dick has like sacks. <laughs> you weren't there. We were at Max's in Boca. It was me, Butcher, and Sacks. And uh, we... Did he blow a cloud at the a, restaurant? A hu- not at the restaurant. Into basically a newborn's face. <laughs> I'm not joking. Obviously well, on accident. It, uh, yeah, but all he had to do was a not vape, vape clouds the size of like a house, mm-hmm. and b like look around. Right. It was the next table over. There was just a little tiny. Oh, you were baby. outside. Yeah, we we're outside. So it was at the restaurant. He did it. Yeah, while well, we were sitting down with yeah. like menus, and he yeah. took a hit of his vape, and he just let it fly into the wind, and then there was some little. <laughs> I don't even like that. I'm laughing at it. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> Fuck that kid. <laughs> oh, man. I was so embarrassed. Yeah. Like, I was mortified. Because you saw it in, like, slow motion. Because what are you going to do? You can't stop a vape cloud. Like, <laughs> you <laughs> Just know? throw your hands up. Once it's out there, it's yeah. out there. So I just see this vape cloud, like, slowly morphing towards this little baby, like, in his, in his mom's arms. I'm like, no. <laughs> what did the parents say? Just gave us this look, man. This and what did Sax look. do? Did, was he like, oh my God, I'm so sorry? Because he's, no, a, he he's a respectful guy. Yeah, I mean, obviously, look, I'm ragging on Sax, but he would never like <laughs> intentionally. <laughs> do you remember of when? Of course. All right, go ahead. With this. We can't get off <laughs> another topic in the middle of a topic. Um, No, that's basically the story. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, when I sat down, I thought we were going to have like a real conversational. Um, We are. Yeah, I, we are. It's it's We're tough talking to gauge. About world issues right now. Vaping, vaping is a huge world issue. Yeah, hand sanitizer, aliens, and <laughs> Malaysian Airlines. <laughs> We're getting there. I mean, come on, the hand sanitizer does bother me though. Okay. Look, I, I was, never okay, get. I was sick. talking with Alex today. Or, so you're kind of talking about like the generational gap and like the difference between our generation and the current generation. What is it, Generation Y? They call them. Uh yeah, they're called Gen Ys. Gen Y, and that's what, what you got to be born like '98 or something. '95, probably. something. Yeah, probably. Whatever it is, and I don't know if it's because it's South Florida or or what it is, but the amount of or just the neighborhoods that I'm going into or, or visit or whatever, I don't see enough. I, I want to see more kids like playing and hurting themselves and making bad choices. Yeah. I can't remember where I was, but I saw like the kids with like a bike ramp set up and no helmets on and they were just about to fuck themselves <laughs> up and be fine. You know, you, you get all fucked up, you break a wrist or something like sure. that and you just come home dirty and cut and your mom goes, uh, and your dad goes, <laughs> and then that's it. You know, you're fine. But Alex is like, yeah, I just see like kids walking with iPads like in front of their face. I mean, I don't really see that. I just don't see kids no. anywhere. I don't see teenagers doing it. I'll go to Boca Mall sometimes and I'll see kids that I want to fight. But <laughs> I don't see kids in neighborhoods or walking around public. You know what I don't much. see? I don't see kids in like 20 deep packs of bikes. Right, doing weird shit. Just and riding I don't know their if it's because it's Florida. Because like, I feel like if I just walk into like a foot or two into the woods in Florida, a jaguar is just <laughs> attack me <laughs> with an alligator backing it up and like nine rattlesnakes. 
it I don't could know have if something it's to do here with Florida. Or if that's something that, I'm sure it still exists throughout the United States. Yeah, but either way, it doesn't it, it doesn't exist in the same capacity. I mean, yeah, so this is like meta, but that's basically what I was getting at with the hand sanitizer. Don't use that term when I'm in here. Why? Doesn't that mean like too deep? Meta? Yeah, like you're you're digging into something too yeah, deep. I don't know. I don't like it. It's <laughs> okay, okay. Go on. This is too philosophical. How's <laughs> how's that? Sure. Um like yeah, why why are we like protecting our hands from germs? That's basically it, right? Like the world is is there's more germs in the world than there are us. So Well there yeah, by like trillions. a lot. Yeah. So why why are we so fearful? Why are we trying to cover the entire earth in hand sanitizer? <laughs> yeah, just dump Pretty, it in there. yeah, like everything. I want everything to be coated in hand sanitizer. Yeah. And life doesn't work that way. Life needs to touch life. Like that's basically how shit works. But yeah. instead our kids are sitting inside watching video games and literally crossing the street while looking at their iPads. Mm. Oh man, that one really bugs me when I see a kid crossing the street with, on his phone. Yeah. That one gets me. I just I don't know if I just don't like teenagers. I, this is every generation though. Every generation goes. Are we just to the being curmudgeons right now? Yeah, nah, those damn kids. In there. Yeah, that's true. But I do feel like yeah, this is different. And, but I do feel like this is different. Yeah, because, because the technology that's available. But I'm sure, like when Nintendo something. came out, dude, I played a lot of Nintendo when I was a fat little kid. You know, but I also went out and did insane shit. You know, I I used to go with my friends and, you know, I like I said, I lived in a, a small neighborhood in the middle of the woods. If I wanted to go to a friend's house that wasn't in my neighborhood, I had to get on my bike and ride whatever it was, two and a half or three miles to his house. You know, the closest convenience store to my house was also that far away. So we used to go do that. And I grew up across the street from a, a county airport and then a sand and gravel quarry. So we used to just like explore these places and do it was 100 percent illegal shit, mm. you know. But I, I don't know how many kids are doing – I don't know. I hope it still happens. Like I hope I, so, too. When I was in my neighborhood for Christmas, um, I like to drive through there every, every time I go up for mm-hmm. Christmas just to see what my old house was decorated like, say hi to old neighbors and stuff like that. It's like I wonder if these kids are experiencing the things that I remember from this neighborhood that made me who I am. You know, we had a mm. we had a car – in the middle of the woods, it made no sense. It was like an old Honda, like an 85 Honda with a ton of bullet holes in it and Bloody Mary, or I'm sorry, hamburger um, spray painted on the side of it. And it was in the middle of the woods. And we used to like make up all these urban legends about how the car got there. And people would, you know, we'd send the one kid over to like stand by it for as long as possible. And like this was in the middle of the day and it was still terrifying. Uh-huh. But I'm like, do kids even know the hamburger car exists back there? And I can't just go up to a kid and be like, hey, come into the woods with me. Let me show you this car because <laughs> I'll go to prison. <laughs> so, but like all these things that definitely played such a huge factor in my life, I want to know that this young generation and watching it happen as I lived there and as I visited over the years and I'd visit in like the spring and the summer and seeing these kids playing in the neighborhood, I was like, yes, mm-hmm. like find the things that I remember so well and make them your own and make your own memories with them. And I just hope that that's happening throughout the United States through different generations. I totally hear what you're saying. There was this bridge that we used to go to. We called it the bridge because you know how everything has to have a name. One hundred percent. Yeah, Bum's Caverns. Yeah, so it has like I don't know. So it's ominous in a way. Yeah. And 
I mean, geez, the first time I got high was on that bridge. The first time ever. I was like, yeah. <laughs> too young. First time, <laughs> too young, you know? <laughs> and I wonder now, sense. like, if kids still just go to the fucking bridge. Like, we would just go there and just sit there. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily have a plan or have anything like fun to do. Yeah. But we just felt like we were doing something because we were there. Yeah. There's a thing to do. But I mean, God, isn't it crazy to think that we did not have cell phones? I'm only 31. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, we did not have cell phones. Even when I got a cell phone, it was like some. Yeah, it was bullshit. It was the Nokia with Snake. Well, the Nokia with Snake and the Skydive game. Everybody talks about Snake Skydive game. Uh, it was a fucking Snake was sh- way better. No way. But yeah. <laughs> The the first cell phone I had, my mom lent to me because my dad got it through his job for his job and then gave it to my mom because he's like, I don't fucking want this. And it was like one of the screens that just had the numbers on it. And they let me borrow it when I went to Great Adventure. And it fell out of my pocket on Nitro and broke. <laughs> it was like the third day we had it. We didn't have another cell phone in the house for years. You know? Yeah. I don't think I had my own cell phone until my junior year of high school. Uh. Yeah, I got mine my senior year, and it was like a big day. Yeah. I remember this girl had her Motorola Razor taken from her. She was the first girl in my school that had the Razor. Yeah, dude, it was the coolest shit in the world. That shit was so cool. Had the Razor taken from her in my sophomore year computer class, and she lost her. It was, and I was like, why does this girl care so much about her phone? And like, I didn't understand it at that point. But I feel like if somebody now, I know I'm an adult, and somebody like tried to take my phone from me, it'd be a little different. But somebody's like, "Give me your phone," I'd be like, "Oh, I need this yeah. for stuff, dude." I'd be uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't know. Would you rather lose your wallet or lose your phone? Phone. I think. Yeah, I a think I would. Thousand too. percent. God, I don't know though. The problem is, there's so much. Like, I don't know if I agree, because a, a wallet, I can at least protect myself really fucking quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, it'd be a pain in the ass to get everything back, but six phone calls, and I'm good. Yeah. If I lose my phone, you don't care? No, uh, I've got a lot of pictures of Bella on there I want, but... I'm not worried about the pictures. I'm just worried about just my contacts, you know? Like, what, what's someone going to do? What if they just go through, like, all of my fucking numbers and start texting people and saying that they're me or... Or I don't know. Who fucking likes you to begin with? Some <laughs> people like me. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> don't do that to me, John. <laughs> I don't know. I Okay. Based off of just money, would I rather lose an empty wallet with my ID and some credit cards or my phone? I'd obviously rather lose my wallet because, like you said, the phone. But not having a phone for a little bit is, like, the most peaceful thing in the world. For sure. You know? I, I try and stay away from it as much as possible now. Something that's really helped me is, um, like I told you this morning, I, I don't check it in the morning. Mm-hmm. That was like a real bad habit where it's like the, the first, first thing you thing think you of. Do. Yeah. Well, because you also look at the time Definitely. and then it's just in I your I bought hand. an actual fucking clock, if you can believe it. Yeah, I know. You told me that's crazy. I know, right? I'll get How one. Crazy I'll get that? a clock. I have a real yeah. clock. Yeah. Um, I'm with you, man. I was listening to uh, Tim Ferriss in my run this morning, and he was talking about how he plans to go on a trip for a month by himself in uh somewhere in in california with no wi-fi or nothing Mm -hmm. and i thought like wow that sounds great but then i also thought what if you get fucking hurt i mean bring like a satellite phone or something. yeah i mean he'll he'll probably do that for sure but 
I bet it gets to a point where at first it's super uncomfortable. It's probably like one of those silent retreat type things. Right. Then you feel like, oh, wow, this is normal. Yeah. This and then like like you, you get do. into it and then it's probably like another culture shock when you come back into mm-hmm. the fucking madness, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Maybe I'll give it a shot. I'll do it with you. I thought of this app a while ago. I thought it was a great idea. Nobody steal my I idea. Know, and if you, you have do, so many inventions. So many. It's, no, they're ideas. Yeah. yeah. Inventions need to be made. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have ideas. But it's an app that you get rewarded for not being on your phone. It's like you turn it on, and then if a text comes through and you don't answer it, you'll get like a point. And if a call comes through and you don't answer you get like three points. Facebook notifications, points. And then you use those points towards discounts at restaurants, movies, and stuff like that. So it encourages people to go to these places, but it also prevents us from being fucking mindless. I think it's a terrible idea. That's fine. <laughs> I think that the the incentive to go somewhere, like a restaurant, is a cool move, but it's kind of counterproductive because restaurants depend on the fucking cell phone to get people... I guess I have a a biased view on this just because I know how important like Google Internet listings marketing. are. Yeah. yeah, for restaurants, but No, you could still go on it. You, I'm not saying you never get to use it. What your was cell the phone. name the best idea you ever had? I'm not talking about that on there. <laughs> oh come on. No way. I'm, there's people that I I've been meaning to talk to since Christmas that could actually help me make it. <laughs> and I just haven't done it because I'm awkward and I don't know them and I don't want to be like, Oh hey, I got this idea. <laughs> yeah. And then go fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Used to be fat, didn't you? And I go, ah <laughs> <laughs> I I won't blurt it out. I really, really want to. Don't. Yeah, no, don't. Okay. It's actually that's an actually decent idea. Yeah, that one's good. When you told me that in the car I didn't laugh. Yeah. <laughs> and my cell phone idea is a great idea. Uh, it's a great quote idea. There's right, just terrible invention. Great idea. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sounds great. Um, I have a few others. I'll tell you once we turn off. All right. Well, let's do that now. It's an hour. I gotta get home. Oh really? Yeah. yeah, I need yeah. To, I'm so hungry. I'm pretty hungry too. Fucking um, Jules's license expired, and since her license is still in Massachusetts, we're just gonna go up there and redo it. And yeah. I'm driving around. You want me to tow you up there? (laughs) (laughs) No. No. Okay. Okay. Last question, though. Yes. What's it? What's it like driving it? Do you feel like more powerful on the road? I could kill anything. (laughs) (laughs) But it feels like I'm driving like an RV at times. Like if I'm driving Cat's car, like a Santa Fe. Yeah. I'll look and then I'll change lanes. You you don't even. I'll do. I'll do a look. A look. Change lanes. This, I'm like, look, 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 blinkers on, look, 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 change lanes because I'm moving a 23-foot truck. Also that I don't want to I don't want to hit somebody. Yeah, see, I thought you were going to say the opposite because my first car ever was a 1986 Ford Bronco. Mm-hmm. And you just felt like way bigger on the road. Yeah. The, I mean, I was also like a 16-year-old right, jackass. Right. Yeah, I just didn't I didn't think. wear a seatbelt and smoked bongs while I was driving. <laughs> yeah. It's a real thing that I did. <laughs> um, so stupid <laughs> uh all right well we should do this again sometime um, i feel like we're getting better i liked this one it was more of a yeah i might i might still edit it a little bit because <laughs> i gotta get some of the hand sanitizer nonsense no way there. dude that that was the best part let's just uh i'm done we're all done right, man i'll all talk right. to you guys next week see ya bye music for balance